fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, everybody. We welcome you back from a long weekend. This is Fantasy Football Today. You know, those rookie running backs, they were really good last year. Saquon Barkley was the number one running back in PPR. He actually scored more fantasy points in PPR than Todd Gurley did in 2017. Sony Michelle was really good in stretches. Nick Chubb was awesome. Ronald Jones, uh, uh, never mind, forget about Ronald Jones. We're going to talk about him and, and the rest of the year two running backs uh, today. Jamie's back. Hey, Jamie. Hey, buddy. Actually, you know, I didn't give you the proper intro that you deserve. Today, for the first time in two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, he is Jamie Eisenberg. We say... Welcome back. Welcome back, Jamie. Yeah, first time in two weeks uh, that I've been working. First time in a month that I've actually been on a full show. Oh, you, wow. You cut, you cut me off for uh, my Pro Bowl and Super Bowl appearances. Did I, I like that? the timely reference, Adam. And you'll, you'll cut me off, I'm sure, next <laughs> week from the Combine also, right? Oh, uh, why, you're not going to be here? You're no, going to the combine. combine? Yes. That's fun. Have you been to the Combine before? No, it'll be first time. I would have gone last year, except uh, I had a child. Dave, have you gone to the Combine? Never in my life. Have you guys been to Indianapolis before? Never yes. in my life. Yes, I, uh, I've covered uh, a Colts practice. Colts-Bears joint uh, practice. Well, they have this restaurant there. <clears throat> It's got a little bit of everything. Uh, it's got like beef and and dessert. It's called Steak and Shake. I ate there. It's terrific. I've, I've heard uh, one of our coworkers um, had an interesting experience there that I cannot share. Oh, really? I was just kidding because Steak and Shake is everywhere. Yeah. That's my uh, inside Indianapolis advice. Okay. Give me a Thank year. you. I'll be, I'll be sure to attend. <laughs> I well, we, get, we are we are going to have uh, a lot of great coverage coming from the combine. Our our entire uh, staff of NFL writers uh, will be there, and our uh, our draft guys will be there. Um, by the way, for those of you who are looking for some great NFL draft coverage, Ryan Wilson is uh, a one of our NFL bloggers. He is uh, taking the lead role in our draft coverage, and Ryan's doing a fantastic job. He was at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. And uh, he will have uh, every little tidbit you'll ever need about the NFL draft all on CBSSports.com. Excellent. We're going to be talking about more and more about that um, starting with the combine. Okay, your two running back who will take a step up. Jamie, who's going to take a step up next year? Uh, he was one of my favorite guys going into the draft or coming out of the draft last year, going into the draft as well. But uh, carry on, Johnson. Um, maybe you heard me say I like him. <laughs> uh, I, I was impressed the way he was starting to pick things up before he suffered his knee injury. And hopefully he will pick up that pace, uh, when he's back on the field, which all reports indicate that he should be fine. Um, he scored at least 14 PPR points in four of his last five games, finally starting to get, I think, a hold of the offense and, and getting used the right way. But he was catching passes out of the backfield. He had, uh, at least three catches in three of his final four games. Two of those games, he had at least six catches. So I think he's going to be uh, very, very uh, successful as a full-time running back in Detroit. And that's the key, is that he becomes a full-time running back. And that was something that we were very worried about last year. And then when he got that opportunity, he did very well with it before he got hurt. Daryl Bevel's the new offensive coordinator there. 
You guys know Bevel's track record with running the football. He had Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch. Those guys were great. I think if Carrion Johnson just play, if he plays exactly like he did toward the end of last season, it's a no-brainer that he will be uh, very productive, very good for fantasy. I've got him ranked ahead of Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, Darius Geis, and so on and so forth. Seventeenth uh, among non-PPR running backs. Am I crazy for taking Carrion Johnson ahead of Sony Michelle? In PPR, no. In non-PPR, yes. But it's close. Close in non-PPR. I mean, just we have to see Michelle catch the ball. We have to see what the Patriots running back group looks like. And well, I hope the Lions. It'll, be, it'll Lions, be at least White and Michelle. I hope the Lions don't do something stupid and uh, add somebody else. Riddick should be out the door. Yes, Laguerre Blunt's out the door. Don't don't go crazy, Detroit. Don't start drrafting running backs in round two or something to. Yeah, you no, have it, split workload. Well, Don't they're going to add some. I mean, no you can't, you can't yeah, trust Gary Johnson's situation. I, I would be more concerned about if they sign somebody like Mark Ingram. Yeah, let's let's let Carryon Johnson spread his wings. He had three games with uh, I think fifteen or more carries, and he was awesome in all three of them. Had eighty-seven or more yards in all three. Had a touchdown and one. Had one hundred fifty-eight yards against Miami. All right, let's go to Dave's guy. Dave, um, running back that's going to take a step up in year two. Ito Smith is going to be a top 100 fantasy pick this year. I believe that Tevin Coleman is going to move on from Atlanta. I don't think they want to pay him after they overpaid Devontae Freeman. And I think they're going to keep Devontae Freeman. And they'll go with Freeman and Smith as their one-two power couple at running back. Freeman could get hurt again, and that'll open the door for Ito to be in the old Tevin Coleman role where he's getting all the work. And I think he was pretty good with it. Um for the better part, he was a part-time guy. I can't say he was good with a full-time role. He never really had it. Nose for the end zone, patient runner. I think the opportunity will be there. I've got him ranked 85th overall in non-PPR. That's interesting. Do you anticipate drafting Edo Smith? Same issue that we had with Tevin Coleman. Like It was tough to draft Tevin Coleman if you didn't have Devontae Freeman. You knew if there was an injury to Freeman, there was tremendous upside. And he ended up with... Uh, over a thousand, about eleven hundred yards and nine touchdowns this year, um, but you knew if Devontae Freeman didn't get hurt, you were probably going to have a guy that you would rather have on your bench. You know, so so I assume Edo Smith, he certainly will go later than Tevin Coleman was going. Um, would you only want to pair the two, or would you take them independently, Freeman and Edo Smith, in this scenario? I, I don't mind taking Edo independently. Freeman, if I if I'm getting Freeman, I'm hopefully getting him in round five. I don't know if I'm gonna get him in round five. If I do, then I'm gonna try and get Ito right around the curve in seven eight, somewhere in there. Freeman around five. I was thinking more he'd be like a round three, late three, early four pick. Maybe he moves up that high. Where do you have oh, where uh, do you have Freeman? I haven't done my rankings yet, but um I would imagine Freeman's gonna go round four. Okay, yeah, maybe he will fall to round five. You never know. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be scared off of Freeman. Yeah, but if he's healthy, you're going to get a great value pick. And and I think you look at Dirk Cutter's history; he's going to probably lean on one guy more so than Sarkeesian did. Um, so we'll see how you know Edo Smith does independently of an injury. All right, let's go to your two running back who will take a step back. And Dave, let's start with you. Who's your guy who's taking a step back as a sophomore? I'm a little nervous about Philip Lindsay after. A 10-touchdown season with over five yards per carry in an offense that will now be piloted by Joe Flacco. I'm I'm not going to guarantee that he's going to split work with Royce Freeman again, but I would say odds are that he won't be an every-down back. 
And I, I'm just I'm kind of spooked by the entire Broncos offense at this point. The line has a lot of questions. The receiving core has questions. And I, I'm just worried that it could be too many factors for Lindsay to overcome. It's kind of amazing that he had the season that he did. Philip Lindsay was 13th in PPR, 11th in non-PPR. And a stat that really jumped out at me, Denver was third in the NFL in yards per carry behind Carolina and Green Bay. Um, really surprising. Uh, just Their offense stunk. So I, it does feel a little bit difficult to believe they're going to run the ball that effectively next year, but maybe it's just a testament to how good Philip Lindsay is. 5.4 yards per carry, I think Dave mentioned that. He had the 17th most carries in the NFL. He missed one game, hurt his wrist in Week 16. Um, and Royce Freeman is still there, and he's another year two running back we'll talk about. Dave, uh, Jamie, do you also think Philip Lindsay takes a step back? Yeah, slightly. I mean, I, I think, you know, you have a, a total change. Uh, new offense coordinator, new head coach. Um, the one thing that Philip told me he was excited about with the coaching change was that they're keeping his running backs coach, uh, or keeping the Broncos running backs coach. Um, so he, he thinks that continuity will help that group. But he himself said for their team to be better, he would like to see more out of Royce Freeman. More, you know, he said if Devontae Booker's there, more out of Booker, you know, just getting more production. So probably take the load off of him. Um, he's also coming off a pretty significant injury. You know, um, his, his wrist is still in a cast. Who knows if he's going to be ready for OTAs? And, um, you know, that, that's something that could be a, a problem for him. It, it was the, the flexor injury is not exactly an easy recovery as he's proving right now. So he hasn't been able to do any of the rehab stuff. Um, I, I do think, though, his situation is fascinating because he is. I, I got the chance to speak to him essentially twice, uh, once at the Pro Bowl, once at the Super Bowl. He was on Radio Row, and he just comes across as, you know, you hear these stories all the time about guys that are, are really self-motivated and trying to prove themselves. He still lives with his parents. He's an NFL player that still lives with his parents. He has no money, <laughs> you know, I mean, by comparison to these guys because he's an undrafted free agent. He's lucky enough to have played his high school ball and his college ball and, in Denver and now is obviously his NFL career. So he's looking to, you know, establish himself as, as a guy in this league. And I think he proved himself pretty successful uh, in his rookie campaign. You know, he said his one goal was to, you know, be able to play on special teams. And clearly he got an opportunity to show he can play in this game, uh, play in this league and, and, and is proving himself. So I, I like the, uh, the player. I, I just think the scenario is going to bring him down a little bit. We'd like to see him catch the ball more too. Seems like he'd be good in that role. He only had three catches, Philip Lindsay. I'm trying to think who are the best undrafted free agent running backs <clears throat> in recent history. Alfred Morris was one, right? Or was he a seventh round No, he round was a sixth round pick. Alfred was a sixth round, round pick. pick. Yeah, I'm trying to think. And then he had a great rookie year and just got kind of worse every year. But Lindsey really looks good. I mean, he look, really looked apart. And he wasn't invited to the combine, which is just dumb. <laughs> uh, Makes the combine look kind of... The process looks silly. So, Jamie, who's your guy I don't believe Priest Holmes was drafted, by the way. Like, I don't know why that's the first name that comes to mind for great undrafted running backs, but there's one. All right, here we go. I've got, I'm going to look this up. Uh, the 25 best undrafted players in NFL history, according to Fox Sports, Cameron's De Silva from August 2017. So I will, <clears throat> I will take a look at this. Jamie, tell me the running back who's going to take a step back next year. I mean, it's, it's, it's clearly contingent on whatever the suspension Kareem Hunt gets, but you know, Nick Chubb is, is, is in trouble if it's not, 12 games for Kareem Hunt. You know, if we're, if we're talking six games or, or fewer, oh. then Nick Chubb's in trouble. So, um, you know, you don't add the NFL's leading rusher from two years ago and he doesn't see the field. 
especially when the GM's the guy who drafted him. So, uh, you know, I, I hope it's a, from Nick Chubb's standpoint, for dynasty owners that have Nick Chubb, that it's a 12-plus game suspension. But if it's uh, single digits and, and low single digits, then it's going to be a messy situation for Nick Chubb to be a great fantasy option. I think Hunt's going to have to earn every step of it, and I think that there's a better chance that Hunt takes work away from Duke Johnson than he does Nick Chubb. He's going to take away from both of them. I mean, again, he's the better. He'd be the best talent in that backfield. So if mm. if uh, that's an interesting if, debate, yeah, I don't know if I'd agree with. That. Well, he's a more successful complete running back. So um, he he proved that his rookie season compared to Chubb's rookie season. So I think you look at what uh, Kareem Hunt's skill set would be. Um, if in fact he's going to be active for ten plus games, then it's going to be tough for Nick Chubb to build off of what he did as a rookie. Don't you think that a little bit of the success for Hunt was because of the offense that he played in? Sure, you can say same thing for Chubb. I mean, he played a good offense too. Yeah, but it wasn't as good. And well, sure, I Damon mean, that's Williams, the difference between Damon a guy running for thirteen hundred yards in. and a guy running for nine hundred yards. Like I mean, Duke it's, Johnson it's totally was in this situation. offense for several years. He had one good season, and Chubb gets his opportunity. And Hyde got off to yeah, a decent start. But Duke Johnson is no, a different player. But Carlos, look, Carlos Hyde's a good example. Carlos Hyde, in my opinion, was not nearly as good as Nick Chubb. Well, Chubb's better than Carlos Hyde. Yeah, yeah, right. But, um, so it's not you know. Okay. Okay. Uh, there are two undrafted free agent running backs on this top twenty-five list. Priest Holmes. More. Go ahead. Uh, I never heard of Orion Foster. Is that how you pronounce it? Arian Foster. <laughs> Arian Foster. Uh, they have Priest Holmes ahead, but yeah. Who? What else? Yeah. How could we forget about Danny Woodhead? Chicago's very own Pierre Thomas. Okay. Garrett Blunt. <laughs> oh, all right. Garrett Blunt was undrafted. Yeah. Remember the punch. I didn't realize that he was undrafted. Okay, uh, number one on the list is Warren Moon, by the way. The best undrafted free agent ever. Just ahead of Kurt Warner. All right, good list. Thank you, Fox Sports. Um, all right, so look, those are Carrion Johnson, Edo Smith, Nick Chubb, and Philip Lindsay. They are just four of a big group of running backs. I'm going to go through the rest of them, and you guys can tell me uh, quickly or not quickly, whatever you deem appropriate, how you think they're going to do, better or worse next year. Saquon Barkley, number three, I believe, in non-PPR, number one in PPR last year. Better or worse in 2019? Same. He's going to be awesome. He is worth the number one overall pick in fantasy. Here's Top a guy. Three. Here's a guy I really want. I really, I really want to take some shots on Rashad Penny. Thoughts? Yeah, so we're doing these videos. Uh, you can find them on on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, Pete Prisco and I are breaking down every NFL team and their free agent needs. And then a fantasy storyline. That's one we talked about yesterday. Pete's opinion, uh, drink by the way. Um, Pete's <laughs> opinion drinking. is um, that they're going to give Rashad Penny a lot more work, and he makes sense in in how he is explaining it. That he didn't know the playbook as a rookie, and he's going to have a lot more time now to to really grasp things. So it's going to just make things a little bit more problematic for our perspectives because Chris Carson was so good to close the season, and you think that he's going to get every opportunity to be the guy to open the season. But if Penny does understand things more and he's on the field, I think it's a good call out. I think he's in that same kind of category as Edo Smith, you know, somebody that you're going to take with the chance of becoming something potentially great. And if, in fact, that happens, then you have a, a, a star. Yeah. Did you guys feel when you were watching Rashad Penny just a few plays, you're like, whoa, but this guy yeah, he's, is a he's, highlight, he's right? A, he's a different runner than Chris Carson by far. Yeah. And he only had two games with double digits and carries. That's going to change. He's got to stay healthy, too. Yeah, check this stat out. The Seahawks were second in the NFL in rush attempts behind the Ravens. <clears throat> I'm going to assume they were first 
uh, before the Lamar Jackson switch. But the Ravens averaged 34.2 rush attempts per game with their quarterback getting a ton of them. The Seahawks averaged 33.4 rush attempts per game. The Patriots were third, 29.9. I mean, that is a huge drop from two to three in rush attempts per game. They ran the ball a ton. Um, Dave, a quick and thought I, on Penny? Yeah, I Penny, think for your thoughts? Seah- Damn it. Ah, <laughs> I think I think if the Seahawks had their way, they'd use both Carson and Penny, and whoever had the hotter hand is who would get more carries on a week-to-week basis. I... It, I like it. You could almost make the same case for Penny as you could for Edo Smith that it's better to just wait to get him in the round seven, eight range than it would be to take the presumed starter to begin the year. Carson will be more expensive than Devontae Freeman on draft day. He'll go, he'll get picked ahead of Freeman. Uh, we have uh, Sony Michelle, our last round one running back from 2018's draft. Sony Michelle, better or worse? Better. I think he'll be more involved in the passing game. Yeah, he was 25th in non-PPR, 33rd in PPR, with the 14th most carries in the NFL, but only seven catches. And he missed some time with the knee problems. Yes, he did. Uh, and, yeah. and you also have an aging quarterback that's going to, they're going to run the ball a little bit more. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Gronk if he's not there and they don't upgrade the receiving core. Then it's going to be, I think, early Tom Brady career around him, you know, just play defense, run the ball, and not necessarily ask Brady to have to do everything. Yeah, like I said, they are they did run the ball third most in the NFL. Okay, round two running backs. We talked about two of these guys, Chubb and Kerryon Johnson. The other two who were drafted in round two last year, this is obviously the NFL draft, uh, Ronald Jones and Darius Geis. Darius Geis was almost as productive as Ronald Jones, and he <laughs> missed the entire season. Uh, how hopeful are you for, for these two? I'm hopeful for Geis. I like the fact that he's running now and seems to be on track to getting back on the field. We will see if Adrian Peterson remains a teammate of his in 2019. If he is, that would be a problem. If he's not, then that's great news for Darius Geis, who has potential to be the um, 65% playing time running back for a bad Redskins team. they got to figure out the quarterback situation to determine how good Geis can potentially be because, look, he, it's not going to be good. He, well, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be awful, though. You know, if they get a competent veteran, you know, like a Tyrod Taylor, maybe, um, Tannehill, Bridgewater. Yeah. Um, you know, those are the, the guys you're looking at. And I, I think at least it's not going to be you know, like Kyler Murray is, is going to be on their draft board unless they really move up and get Haskins. Um, it, it, that's, I think, going to determine the, the stealing for guys. But I think you're getting him uh, as as a. Low end number two flex type of running back, and and there's a lot to like about his upside. Ronald Jones is is just got way too much to prove, and you know, uh, Bruce Arians obviously gets a lot of numbers out of his his, his rushers. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be the guy though, because that's not going to be somebody that he's going to be fond of. He is nothing like the type of running back that Arians goes for. Arians likes thicker built guys, certainly versatile guys. Jones is still a work in progress. As a pass catcher, he really uh, he flamed out way too soon. Yeah, but that I mean they're throwing and, and this is a completely different coaching staff, so they're right. not going to have any reason to justify the Ronald Jones pick. But it's the same GM, and he took him in the second round. It's they also took a kicker. Yeah, in the right, 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 right. <laughs> How many years is, did they give at him? At this point, the GM should just be happy that he's got the gig. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And uh, when it comes <laughs> to picking players in the draft, here's his move. What do you want to do, Bruce? Uh, they should just stop. They should just cancel the second round for Tampa Bay. 
Um, yeah, they only gave Aguayo one year. They also here. took, uh, I, I just was trying to remember what his name was, uh, Jeremy McNichols in the fifth round of the 2017 draft, and I believe they cut him in training camp. Oy. So they're, they're not necessarily tied to uh, some of their draft picks. All right, round three. Only one running back went round three. I'm going to double-check and make sure that's right. It was Royce Freeman. And uh, Freeman averaged four yards per carry at 130 yards, 521 rushing, 130 carries, sorry, 521 rushing yards and five touchdowns. So sometimes week 17 statistics can sort of get away from me because we don't do the recap show. He had eight catches in week 17 out of 14 for the season. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. That was without, that was without, uh, without Lindsay. Without did Lindsay. Lindsay have a game with even, how many games did he have with four or more catches? Because that's wild. I think you'd be surprised. I think he probably well, had. Booker, about Booker was four. a leading re- receiver out of the backfield, right? Booker had five catches yes. in week 17. Um, but Lindsay had, but, uh, Freeman had eight, <laughs> which was weird. What kind of role do you think Freeman has? And also, I can get into it a little bit if you care. I broke down Lindsay versus Freeman in the red zone, inside the 10, and inside the 5 in the final, I think, seven games of the season after Lindsay, after Freeman returned from injury. Um, but yeah, what kind of role do you think Royce Freeman has? Is he somebody worth drafting? Oh, 100%. Well, so, I mean, I get it that someone needs to draft him. I don't really want it to be me. You know why, why you, you wouldn't do it with a mid to late round pick? No, because I was never the guy who took Tevin Coleman. Because I I really think that in this scenario, with um, w- in this scenario with Royce Freeman, you need a Philip Lindsay injury for him to be worth starting. Otherwise, you're going to have a guy who at the end of the year accumulates some fantasy points, finishes probably as a top twenty four running back. But when you say when you say not drafting, not you wouldn't take him in double digit rounds. I guess you wouldn't got, take him after a hundredth overall. Well, um, yeah, yeah, okay, maybe. Because trust me, the the running backs more like one twenty point for me aren't going to be very pretty. And at least here's one who's a second year player who showed some flashes and has some potential. When I say I don't want to draft him, I mean I anticipate his value will be too high for me because I just think Lindsey's so much better. Whereas I I compare that to Rashad Penny. And I like his chances of overtaking the starter oh, well, much Penny more. Will go, Penny will go sooner. Right. I, I, I think you're looking at it maybe from the wrong perspective, or, or at least the perspective of you know not drafting him where you expect his ADP to be. If his ADP is in the range, I guess, what you're saying, then sure, you'll, you'll pass on him. But I don't think it's going to be that high. What do you think it'll be? I think it'll be round 10 to 12. I think it'll be before then. What do you— round, Late round 9, round 10. So this is Royce Freeman we're talking about. Yeah, is that when you would take him? And what do you think his role will be? I've got him at 103rd overall, and well, I'm, I'm thinking more PPR. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't right. think people are looking at him in in PPR as somebody that's going to have sure. the chance to help you, barring an injury. In non PPR, it's different because the touchdowns will help him. Yeah, he's the only uh, the only round three running back taken last year. And if you are interested in the red zone data, so after. Freeman missed two games. Uh, November 18th, he came back. At that point, Philip Lindsay had 13 red zone carries. Royce Freeman had eight. Philip Lindsay had seven carries inside the 10. Royce Freeman had three. Philip Lindsay had three carries inside the five. Royce Freeman had two. So that was pretty even. Uh, I guess my, my impression was that after he got hurt and Lindsay showed what he could do, that it was basically Lindsay's job in, in all areas of the field. And not 100% true. 
All right, round four running backs from 2018's draft. Naeem Hines, the arrested Mark Walton, Ito Smith, Kalen Balaj, Chase Edmonds. Go ahead, Jamie. What? Make your comment about Mark Walton, where he went to school. <laughs> um, he did. Okay. He did go went to Miami. Yeah, that's true. Now, so do these guys get drafted? Hines, Walton, Ito, Balaj, and Edmonds. Balaj is going to be popular. If he's the guy. Well, I mean, I, I think you look at it, if they don't add anybody, and you're just talking about Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balaj as the top two guys, then yes, he's going to be popular. Because... He's, his skill set can be fantastic if he gets the workload. I like him. Me too. Yeah, let him go. Let him fly. All right, that's round four. Round five, Jalen Samuels and Jordan Wilkins. Jalen Samuels and Jordan Wilkins. Well, Wilkins was a flop. You know, he didn't, get, he didn't take advantage of the opportunity when Marlon Mack was hurt. So, I mean, you're talking maybe last round pick if, uh, if he comes in as the number two guy behind Mack. And that's a big if. Indianapolis has a lot of money to spend. They could easily sign one of these free agent running backs. And yeah, I, I would hope they don't. Put everybody else on ice. Let let Marlon Mack do what he did last year because he was great. Um, Samuel is interesting just with the, the standpoint of what if he's second on the depth chart. You know, James Conner showed last year he couldn't hold up for 16 games. And so if, in fact, uh, you know, Samuels, who... Um, is getting a former member of his coaching staff at NC State now on the Steelers uh, coaching staff. Um, that will uh, that will help things for him. I, I think he's he's somebody you're gonna you're gonna handcuff to Connor. You know he's gonna be the the next Steelers backup running back that everybody's gonna fall for. By the way, uh, Jordan Wilkins averaged five point six yards per carry. Yeah, but a lot of that was benefited by some long runs. <laughs> yeah, it was YPC for life, and I don't care. So I'm not entirely YPC for life. Uh, running backs went around six last year. John Kelly to the Rams, Boston Scott to New Orleans, Trenton Cannon to the Jets. And then around seven, David Williams to Denver, Bo Scarborough to Dallas, Nick Bauden to Detroit, and Justin Jackson, the only one that actually did anything, to the Chargers. It's, it's funny. Um, Scott and Kelly were very popular in the preseason. Kelly with the thought of if something happens to Todd Gurley, then he could be the guy. And Boston Scott was one of the names that was talked about as the potential Mark Ingram replacement. And neither of them did anything. Boston Scott ended up on a different team. So did David Williams. So did Bo Scarborough. Yeah, Bo Scarborough, right. Yeah, Justin Jackson was... Oh, I remember when he scored that touchdown in, what was it, week 15? It was the most exciting fantasy moment of my life. I was so... It was a, thir- it was a Thursday night game. It was against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. He was terrible. And then he saved it all in the fourth quarter. Ended up with a pretty big game. Uh, and then, of course, there was Philip Lindsay as an undrafted free agent. All right, there good is, job. There um, is one more undrafted rookie free agent you should keep an eye on next year, potentially. Who we got? Chris Warren. Go on. For the Raiders. They don't have anybody really of a significance at all in their backfield right now, and he was great in the preseason last year. They redshirted him, basically. Yeah. He didn't have a major... I, I, I would just keep an eye on him. If, if he's available and you can make a transaction in your dynasty league, go pick him up. All right, we got some emails. Fantasy baseball... Nope. Nope, wrong. Fantasy football at CBSI.com, although you should be listening to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. We're going to have to react to the Manny Machado news tomorrow. Fantasy football uh, high, at CBSI.com. Hey, you'd be surprised, man. His, his OPS away from home throughout his career, like, not good. This is a, this is a really 
potentially big deal. Like, it would have been much better if he had ended up with the White Sox. Yes. <laughs> Are you play him at short or third? I think third. Uh, but he'll be eligible at short. All righty. Anyway, uh, we'll read some emails, do some news and notes right after this. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Here's our email of the day. It is from Trevor from the fifth most unaffordable city to live in in the world. Sleepy Hollow, New York. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Sleepy Hollow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dear Dan, Brett, Peyton, and Tom, quarterbacks. All right, he wants us to settle some arguments that he's having with his buddies. Argument number one. One person feels that quarterbacks need to sit out at least their first year uh, to understand the game and be better prepared. They feel that historically quarterbacks that sit at least one season, Patrick Mahomes, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Steve Young, have a higher chance of becoming a superstar and a franchise quarterback. The other person believes it's all about the coaches and sitting or not playing um, plays no factor. The coaches either put them in a position to win or not. So let's start with that argument. What do you guys think? So it has absolutely nothing to do with the makeup of the player himself. It's either the coaches or it's the waiting that determines whether or not a quarterback. I mean, I'm sure there's a maturity factor too. So age. Yes. Um, I guess you could throw Kurt Warner in there too, right? Um, in terms of successful yeah, guys sure. that didn't play right away. Dante Culpepper uh, didn't play right away. I remember I mean, that. Peyton Manning was pretty good, right? Peyton Manning was pretty good. Peyton Manning was terrible his rookie year, and then obviously doesn't matter though. Yeah, played exactly. Right away. Yeah, played right away. I don't um, think I don't think there's a right or wrong to this. Marino, Elway, those guys played right away. I used to argue with Prisco about it. Oh, hold on, I get in my water. I just started with Pete Prisco about it. I will drink in a second. Um, because he was like, let him play. Let the kid play. Let the kid play. You know, it, it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes well, so it's better not it, to. We had this conversation, again, on, on these videos that we're doing about Josh Rosen, who you know got destroyed, essentially. He got beat up behind a bad offensive line with lack of weapons and poor coaching and all those things that you know could destroy a young guy. And so we'll see how he does bouncing back if, in fact, he stays in Arizona with the uh, the thought of maybe them moving on from him and drafting Kyler Murray or or Haskins or whoever. Um, I, I think that those are the interesting case studies. Look at Jared Goff. He had a terrible scenario his rookie season. He only played half the year. And then he came back as a sophomore with better coaching, better talent. Better line. <laughs> he's, he's been great. Yeah. 
And so, you know, it, it, it's probably no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, I, I wish we could settle the argument for you, but uh, th- there, there's examples on both sides of, of, of going e- either way, you know, and how these things tend to work out. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think if a quarterback plays too soon and uh, isn't mentally stable or mentally prepared, he'll, he'll be ruined for his entire career. Right. There's more downside probably to playing a guy early. Well, well, again, you know, you, you look at recent examples. Golf being one, uh, we'll we'll see how Rosen does. I think Josh Allen's a good example too. You know, he was miserable to start the season, and then he had the injury and came back, and he was a star. Darnold too. Trubisky was bad his rookie year. Right, and uh, that one you can put on the coaches. Right. Yeah. yeah. Similar In fact, you might yeah. say that he was he was better this year because of the coaches. Oh, of course. That, meaning. That I don't yeah, know if he's as calling. good as we think he is because of the play calling that he's got. But again, more talent. You know, they added weapons. All right, the second argument. In regards to just arm talent alone, not stats, not situation, not results, arm talent alone, who are the top five quarterbacks of 2018? Um, I think that just means, like, who are the top five quarterbacks, you know, today? One person thinks it's Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and Carson Wentz for top three. Not Mahomes? Yeah, I mean, is, Mahomes is obviously he the number belongs, one, right? <laughs> yeah, he's clearly number one on this list. I, I had uh, I had the chance to speak to both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Um, I'm doing a, a, a story on on Mahomes. Um, I think for our magazine, but uh, at some point it'll, it'll be on the site as well. And I spoke to a bunch of defensive backs at the Pro Bowl, and then um, Kelsey and and Tyreek Hill, and we had a panel discussion with them, and just asking them, you know, what's it like when the ball comes out from all these different angles. And Travis Kelsey was just like, you never know where it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) You just, you never, you never, it could be lefty. It could be, you know, sidearm. It could be underneath. You know, he's just, he's so unique in how he gets the job done. Um, I have a, I have a good Travis Kelsey story about the offense comparing it to Alex Smith. You want me to tell it? Oh, you want to wait for uh, Thursday? I'll wait for Thursday. Okay, cool. Yeah. So he had one of the best analogies I've, I've ever heard. Oh, actually that's, that'd be fun. All right. So, Mahomes is clearly number one in terms of arm talent. I, I don't know what constitutes arm talent. It can't just be arm strength, right? Because, like, no, Breeze and Brady. has got to be in it. Yeah, Breeze and Brady are tr- so accurate. Um, Breeze is amazing the way he puts right. the right amount of touch, seems like, on every pass. Right. Now, his arm strength might be declining a little bit. Oh, it's declined. But he's completed, he completed 74% of his passes this past year. Yeah, I think you've got to put him up there. Stafford? Now, interestingly enough, you that. probably wouldn't put Kirk Cousins on this list, right? Like, not even uh, close. I don't know. He he seems like he's got a nice nice little arm. Yeah, top five, though? No way. I he, would not. He is second in completion percentage at 70%. But, of course, the argument for that is that a lot of his passes were short little darts to Adam Thielen. Yeah, yeah. This is like the, Okay, Aaron Rodgers goes on there, even though his completion percentage, I feel like, wasn't so great. Um. It was worse than Nick Mullins. Carson Wentz does have a great arm. Like yes. that guy's got arm talent. But five top five, I'm not sure. No. How can can you put Andrew Luck on this list? Yes. For top five? Yeah. Yes. yes. Well, see, you normally would, but I think it I think if you just look at what he did in two thousand eighteen, there was probably a long enough time where he still wasn't throwing the ball downfield. But yeah, he's he's by the end five. of the season though, he was back to being maybe not the same arm strength, but back to the same Okay, so Mahomes, Rodgers, Breeze, Luck, Bortles, and Bortles. <laughs> I think I think Philip Rivers had That's an amazing good. season, but he's got such a bad arm. No, he's, he's just a, got a bad. He has a bad technique. delivery. 
It's, it's but it's, it works rainbows. for him. It works for him. <laughs> I don't know if he's I love this that. argument. This is a fun one. Roethlisberger and, and Ryan are interesting. I think Ryan yeah. you can make an argument for. I think if it's just for 2018, Ryan belongs. I feel like I'm missing someone big. Eli? What about Goff? <laughs> Eli? <laughs> Beckham? Goff kind of slipped a little bit toward the end of the season. But his arm talent didn't get worse. Could he fall into the same category as Trubisky, where his his play caller? Oh, for sure, helped push him along. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, thank you. Uh, great email, and he says, "P.S. I love the Vampire League idea. I'm hoping to do a few of those leagues next year." I was thinking about that. I, I think you'd want to be the vampire. I want a hundred percent. I will only do it if I'm the vampire. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> I only do it if I get my way. <laughs> That's right. Watch out. I'm a vampire. Dangerous man. News and notes. You're pale sucks, as, you're sucks pale the as life out of every show. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski has been a regular at Gillette Stadium, according to ESPN's Mike Rice. Mike Rice. Rice. Damn it. Screw it up every time. Uh, he's getting treatment. I don't think that is anything you need to read into about what his, his future holds. Any um, inkling? I, you were no, around him no, at the Super I Bowl. Mean, uh, no. I mean, I, I don't think he's indicated yet what he's going to do i don't know if he's indicated it personally to his uh or privately to his teammates but uh i would get the sense that he's going to retire i i a, a lot i'm also doing this story on tight end so you know talking to george Kittle and greg olson and kelsey and, and these guys they would like to see him come back and play because what he's meant to that position but you know you got to hope that the the, the fact that he felt and, and i guess his teammates publicly said it that felt rejuvenated about the postseason run, you know, maybe that gets him to come back for one more season. I have a challenge for you, Jamie. Yes, sir. Break the Gronkowski news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? Yeah, that's it. Just, just, okay. yeah, yeah. Big career challenge for you. All right. Uh, the Patriots pursued Odell Beckham Jr. before acquiring Josh Gordon. The 49ers have been very interested in acquiring Beckham, according to Pro Football Talk. And of course, Jay Glazer made a bold prediction that Beckham would get traded this offseason. As a Giants fan, do you want to see him traded? No. No. What uh, if it was two, two firsts, one of them being a top ten pick? Yes. Yes. You would do it for that? Yeah, I'd say so. I'm ready for the uh, Evan Ingram era. Uh, the Redskins <laughs> were uh, also interested in Joe Flacco before the Broncos acquired him. The Jag- oh, darn. They missed out. Yeah. The, uh, the Jaguars picked up Calais Campbell's option. He was the number seven defensive lineman in our IDP league. I'm sure all IDP leagues have different scoring, but Calais Campbell has been awesome. He's, he's also one of the nicest human beings you could ever come across. I, I had uh, yes, a is. chance to um, – my kids were on the practice field at the Pro Bowl. Oh, fun. And, and Calais Campbell was so nice to my oldest son, my six-year-old Ronan. Oh, cool. Don't forget where he went to school. Yep. <laughs> That's right. He is the only, the only football player I ever hung out with at Miami. And he was like... Oh, what did that look like? Did he go in the forerunner? No, he did not. <laughs> he probably tipped over the forerunner. <laughs> he, he's huge. Uh, he's, he was so nice, though. Yeah. He was such like a normal dude. Yes. Arizona signed Charles Clay to a one-year $3.25 million deal. Well, now Josh Rosen's safe. <laughs> And their offensive line coach, Sean Kugler, Kugler, Kugel, says yep. that they will run the ball a lot this year. I That's love Google. Yeah. And Patrick Peterson will shadow wide receivers. Good. What an amazing idea. And Chris Godwin could be Tampa Bay's slot receiver. Adam Humphreys good. is gone. Good. That's good. We want him in the slot or we don't care? Oh, yes. Okay, good. 
Does that open up a spot outside then for Tampa Bay? Uh, if they keep Deshaun Jackson, which they would like to do now, apparently. Uh, Oklahoma mm-hmm. wide receiver Marquise Brown had list Frank surgery, so he's going to miss his pro day. He's going to miss the combine. He is a very good wide receiver prospect. We'll see where he gets drafted now. Marquise he's Brown. a very fast wide receiver prospect. And I hope everybody saw uh, Fleet, uh, San Diego Fleet quarterback Philip Nelson with his no-look backwards pass to Gavin Escobar in the AAF. Do you see there was some uh, something going around that I think it was a high school game that they actually did that as a play? No. Yeah, it was a, a fake field goal. Uh, oh, and they threw it. The kid threw it over his head, like same exact thing. But it was it was by design. It wasn't like he was wrapped up. Well, the, they it. they've done that in college. I've seen that in college because it came in this very controversial, right? You snap the maybe ball. It was, maybe it was college. That I saw. I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't pay attention to what the tweet was. Uh, you snap the ball to the holder on the field goal. The kicker then runs like behind the holder, and the holder throws it over his head to the kicker, hits him in right. stride. Yep. But it was controversial. No, no, no. no. Not, not, no, no. This was this oh, was not? the exact same thing in terms of the. The quarterbacks hold, running down the, the holder. The holder was turned his back to the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and threw it over everybody to to somebody in the end zone. Oh, that, well, that's so strange. It's, but you know what the controversy is with the college play that I was referencing? Yeah, because mm-hmm. the knees on the ground, and it's in right. college, your knee when your knees on the ground, you're down, and the holder yep. starts the play. So they had that's an exception to the rule. He's allowed to get up. Uh, would that be funny? If, like, every field goal was just down immediately and a miss because the holder's knee was on the ground. Okay, anyway, last note. Um, didn't put this in the show notes, but I'm going to tell you now. I saw an advertisement for a snack yesterday on TV, a new and improved Butterfinger. And it was the, the, the ad was basically acknowledging how crappy Butterfinger is. And it's like, hey, we're better now. So, so are you going to try one? I, I mean, you think it's as a result of your campaign? Your probably, campaign? probably. I mean, that's why this diehard stuff. Do you know? Got so do you know mainstream. that Butterfinger came to us with a, an offer, and then they listened to our show, and they said no. A five million dollar podcast do you, sponsorship. Would you think you think you'd be fired over that? A hundred percent. <laughs> uh, so you know uh, what, Jamie, I'm, you're hosting the podcast permanently. Why? Well, uh, Butterfinger's a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it. Um, yeah, uh, nobody better lay a finger on my job security, and <laughs> I am willing to uh, lose another bet and try the new Butterfinger. All right, All let's right. finish out with some emails here, uh, some keeper questions. This is from Alex. Uh, we're, we can keep up to four players. They cannot be drafted in rounds one through three, and they can be kept for two additional years. So pick up to four of these guys. It's PPR, and it's a three-receiver league. Damian Williams in the 14th round for two years. Hunter Henry in the 15th round for two years. Nick Chubb in the 10th for two years. Darius Geis in the 8th for two years. Adam Thielen in the 7th for one year. And Sony Michelle in the 6th for two years. Just four of those? You Up to four. Up to four. Chubb's a must. Henry's Michelle's a must. a must. I don't know if Henry's a must when you've got these other guys. And that value, if he's a breakout tight end, 100%. Look at Damian Williams. If he's the lead back in Kansas City. He's not going to be that for two years. I would take Williams over Michelle. Um, Thielen is a must. I know it's only one yeah, year, I, I, but seventh round. Thielen, Henry, and, and Williams were the three that jumped out to me first. And then I'd say Chubb's the fourth guy. Chubb, Michelle, Thielen, and currently Damian Williams. Yeah, I'll go Williams, Henry, Chubb, and Thielen. Okay, so Dave is taking a sixth round uh, Michelle over a 
14th or 15th round, Hunter Henry. That's the only difference. The other three are going to be Chubb, Thielen, and you said Damian Williams, Dave? Yeah. Okay, so that's the three that they have in common. Josh Warren is in a 10-team keeper league. Everyone keeps three players, half PPR, wide receiver heavy league with one running back, three wide receivers, and a flex, which can be a running back, receiver, or tight end. So, again, it's 10 teams, and it's three keepers, half PPR. Uh, I'm already keeping Melvin Gordon, A.J. Green, and T.Y. Hilton. Should I trade Melvin Gordon and the 46th overall pick for Juju Smith-Schuster and the second overall pick? Um, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, they could be available. Dalvin Cook. Oh, my God. Yes, you're doing this. 100%. Yes, Josh. Easy trade. Who would you rather have, like, straight up in a, in a keeper league right now, Melvin Gordon or Juju? Standard of PPR or non-PPR. Well, half doesn't PPR matter in me. this case. I'll take Gordon. Huh? It's half, you said? Yeah. It doesn't. It, to me, it doesn't matter, but this is a half-point PPR league. Um, so you're, you're essentially trading Gordon and... I Your mean, late round four pick. Yeah, but there's keepers involved, so it's not even that. It's basically like an eighth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, there's much better value with the Juju side of things. This is from Cody. Where's Cody from? Wait a minute. You asked if it's Gordon or Juju. Well, Which one would I rather have? Yes, yes. Obviously, in the trade, I want the second overall pick. Yeah, no, I, I was asking a separate question. Right. Who's okay. more? Yeah. Take, do the trade. Give up Melvin Gordon. But I wanted to know who you value more, just straight up, Melvin Gordon or Juju Smith-Schuster. In a, in a keeper redraft situation where it's just a one-season thing, I'd rather have Gordon. In a dynasty league, I'd rather have Juju. Okay. And where's Cody from, Dave? Columbus, Ohio. I think he's probably from Canada because he says, Dear Ricky Julian... Randy and Mr. Leahy, and I think those are the Trailer Park boys, and I think they're from Canada. Yeah, they are. 12-team Keeper League, you can keep up to four players. We do an auction draft. So in order to keep a player, you have to pay five more dollars than you drafted him for the previous year, or five more uh, fab dollars than you spent on him in free agency. So we have a $200 budget. I'm keeping Mahomes, Aaron Jones, and Zach Ertz for a combined $27. It's terrific. Nice. One more spot. Uh, let's see. This league has two two running backs, two receivers. Okay, yeah, normal. Non-PPR, pick one. $45 Devontae Adams. Joe Mixon for 39 Kareem Hunt for 11 Stefan Diggs for 34 Mike Evans for 36 What's the budget? 100, 200? 200. 200. Which makes it far more palatable for Devontae. The thing is, is that Mixon is a pretty good value too, but you've already got Jones. Mahomes and Ertz are on your team. I just feel like you'll be a little more well-rounded if you keep Devontae Adams. And you said you're keeping all those three guys for $27, right? Yes. So then if your your fourth guy puts you at, if it's Adams, at 72? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh no yeah. no sixty oh yeah yeah seventy two yeah so that leaves you fantasy math hundred and thirty <laughs> nine hundred thirty eight dollars left for the rest of your team mm-hmm. whatever you said sure I agree hundred twenty eight dollars for the rest of your team Cody um, sends one email to the CBS Sports fan I think I think I think you can get a, you can get away with Adams uh you know if you want to save a few bucks depending on what you want to get Evans or Diggs aren't bad but who do you take first in a draft especially in non PPR Mixon or Adams Adams. Adams. You do? Okay. All yeah. right, guys. Um, I, I I talked to Adams about being the number one fantasy receiver. He's my number one fantasy receiver, and he was, like, awesome. <laughs> he was really excited about it. It was funny. 
I'm almost positive he was number one going into week 17, which he missed. He was. Yeah. So, cool. All right, guys. Thank you very much. It's Jamie and Dave. I'm Adam. We're back no, on no, no, Thursday. No, 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 no. What? Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's I'm rusty. I'm rusty. You forgot. I mean, what did I miss? Huh? What did I miss? You know. I do know. Yeah. Am I supposed to say it? No. Just let it linger. <laughs> Gotta go by. Dave, play us out. Na 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 na. na, na. na, na.